Hello and welcome to another episode of Chandelier Chats. I'm your host, Rochelle LaCour. We have a fabulous returning guest. We have Miss Delpha DiGiacomo from Delpha D-L-L-C. She is a blogger, an author, and a podcaster, and I'm so pumped to have her here because today we're going to be talking about the leader within. So please join me in welcoming back Delpha D. Welcome back. How are you? <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for having me back. Oh this my is gosh. such a good topic. Oh yeah. Let's just dive right in. Let's talk about it. What is the leader within? So when, when I'm coaching folks and we're talking about leadership and leading your life, the leader within is that fire that's inside of you, that's inciting you, pushing you pushing your boundaries and making you kind of like second guess what you're doing right now. That's the leader within. That's that soulful connection to source being that is actually telling you, you might need to go in a different direction or heck, yeah, you're going in the right direction. Do more. Love it. Oh my gosh. So how do people connect with that part of themselves? Like, I feel like a lot of people are really disconnected from that. Oh my gosh. Yes, they are. And, and really it's a choice. Everything in life is a choice, right? But really connecting to your inner self and that leader within, you have to actually take a moment, step back and listen. And so quiet time for folks, I think it's very important. I know that I spend in the morning just in, in, in prayer and kind of focusing in on, hey, what's my intention for today? What, what are the goals? And, you know, you might walk away from that feeling a little bit different than you thought you were because the leader within is speaking to you. And that's one of the things I want people to walk away with today. Really think about, taking that time to listen to, to the inner you. It's mm -hmm. powerful. Mm -hmm. And I think we've disconnected from that. I think from a, we, we spent a lot of time listening to others, trying to find answers, reading books, listening to audiobooks, going on, on YouTube and podcasts and trying to figure it out based on what other people do. The reality of it is that this is your life you lead your life. And if you're going to truly lead it, the first person you need, need to listen to is yourself. If you don't listen to yourself, you're not going to be able to absorb the knowledge that everybody else is trying to bring to you. You're not going to attract the right knowledge to you because you're not spending time really evaluating where you're at, what your needs are, and where you want to go. It sounds like there's a big division there. And I'm kind of curious, do you think that the people who are not able to connect with the leader within are kind of stuck maybe in like a victim mentality or what do you think is happening there? You know, I do think circumstances tend to hamper um, how we listen to ourselves. So I, I wouldn't necessarily go as far as saying, you know, you, you could be stuck, sure. Um, do you own it? I think is the bigger question and, and where folks kind of, kind of get touchy feely about it is, well, these things have happened to me. Mm -hmm. And so I would encourage everyone to really think about, yes, you know, life happens, things happen, ugly things happen. It is good to mourn and go through that process. It is also good to 
grow from that process forward. Mm -hmm. And so when you're asking yourself, am I stuck? I can't hear my inside. Why can't I hear it? Asking yourself that question will bring the answer forward. It'll give you an opportunity to do some healing work within yourself and then move forward. But I will tell you, I was stuck for quite a while in, in, my, in my early 30s where I just thought, you know, I'm good. I'm good at what I do. I feel good about the things that I'm doing, but nobody's paying attention and I'm not being given the opportunities and it's other people. And I spend all this time with this noise of other people, other people, other people. And one day I just said, you know what? Maybe I just need to get out of my own way. Mm -hmm. For a moment, just do your work, do it quietly, live your life. And all of a sudden, door after door after door started opening. And next thing I knew, I was at the next level. And when I look back, it was really just me acknowledging, hey, have I been hurt? Sure. It, did it not feel good? Yeah. Did I have some terrible life circumstances? Yeah. And they happened. And now they're in the past. And I'm starting new today. And mm -hmm. if you really start new every day, you're giving yourself the opportunity to bring in new, different, supportive, encouraging things, people, and events that will push you forward. Instead of it looking at it like it's happening to you, that it's happening around you, not making the circumstances about you. Yes, they are the circumstances, but taking yourself out of that and sort of putting yourself back in that observation place so you can observe and be like, okay, I see that this person's being a total piece of crap. I see that this person is treating me poorly. I see that this is happening and this is happening. And yeah, this happened to me as a kid. And I remember that and I feel that. And like when you're able to be in that place of observation, that is when the most potent clarity can happen. And I think that that like being in observation is like really where we get to connect with that inner leader and that inner voice that really encourages us to, like you said, change direction, step up, step out, push that boundary a little bit. Does that ring true to you? Absolutely. And I, and I think you put it in a really great way, just being in observation of what is happening around you versus being part of it. It's a skill that's invaluable. And I think we all you know, we all learn it over time. None of us are perfect at it. Um, we are emotional beings. And this is not about lacking emotion or being emotionless in any one situation. But it is about even observing your emotions and being clear, hey, I am feeling this right now. What's triggering it? Why is it being triggered? Is it really that person or is it something else? A lot of times, you know, you, when you talk to people about how they react to the present, it's very much tied to the past mm -hmm. and the past experiences and the expectation that bad experiences are going to happen again versus the hope that the past is the past and my future is different. Mm -hmm. A little more reacting, a little less responding in that case where we want to be responding rather than reacting. If we're in a place of yeah. reaction, we're in a place of emotion, we're in a place of illogic, we're not really, uh, we don't really have our sorts about us. So it's not as easy to discern and decipher what exactly is going on in the present moment. Does that sound? 
That's absolutely true. And I will tell you that the, the best exercise you can do is with, with a family member, siblings, spouse, whatever, and take a moment. At, at, I call it the verge of the argument. <sighs> at the verge of the argument, whatever it may be, there's a moment where both of you are about to react. If you choose to take a step back and become the listener and observe, that actually shifts the other person mm -hmm. because you're no longer a soundboard. You are, I'm not going to say you're absorbing it so much as you're letting it wash over and around you so that then the other person gets out whatever they need to get out. It does not impact you. And they're like, oh, okay. And it, it, it's a great exercise. It works really well. And it shifts the conversation with that person. Eventually, they'll notice you doing it. And they'll ask, well, what the heck are you doing? And they'll try to push other buttons, right? We're people. We like yeah. to push buttons. Yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, <laughs> don't push that but, button. I have to push that button. <laughs> I have to push it. Don't tell me not to do it. I'll do it now. Yeah. Um, but they'll push other buttons. And that's okay. But that first step of being the one that steps back resets the scene for every player in mm -hmm. that game mm -hmm. you want that you can do it at work you can do it at home you can do it anywhere but that's part of following that leader within that leader within will tell you hey you probably want to stop right now mm -hmm. if you listen and you actually stop all of a sudden you're shifting the dynamic and that shift in dynamic is what's going to make a difference on what happens next versus recreating the past, reliving it and making it a self-fulfilling prophecy. Oh yeah, nailed it. <laughs> and but that's exactly what happens. So especially in trauma, like my trauma informed training and my own experience has really reinforced this for me. You're you subconsciously, you don't necessarily always do it intentionally. Like subconsciously you're wired that way. So you've experienced trauma, say it's with men in your life and you've experienced abandonment and rejection from them so you will subconsciously seek those types of people to as you so eloquently coined mm -hmm. self-fulfill the prophecy because that is what our subconscious wants to do it wants to reinforce and re and reconfirm that neural pathway and that yes. that separation within our actual nervous system and it's more about Yes, observation is key. And then having that, having the ability to be aware enough of that shift, like that verge in the conversation where it's either going or it's going to go up or it's just going to stay kind of level playing field. Having your awareness and your ability to observe is going to be pinnacle for you to keep moving forward in every single situation. And it doesn't mean you're not going to get tested again. It doesn't yep. mean these situations aren't going to happen again. It doesn't mean your nervous system isn't going to have a little freak out. That's normal. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, it's normal, but it is normal. It just means that you may have to try harder at first to gently and slowly rebuild your resiliency and your, your resonance in your nervous system in order to be able to withstand that a little bit better and strengthen your awareness and your observation. Do you agree? I absolutely agree. And I think you, you say it in a way that really matters. I, a lot of people don't realize that this isn't just in your head. This is literally 
in your head, you create these things called schemas. The schema is essentially the scientific word for a memory. Mm-hmm. That memory is hard-coded in your brain and you literally have to rewrite it with different experiences to shift the way you're going to be able to react and interact in situations. So if you've had traumatic events, those schemas are very hard-coded. Think of it as a black, thick magic marker. That's how it's coded in your brain. Mm -hmm. Softer events, extra happy events, think of it as a nice highlighted yellow marker, a thick one. And then there's all these other ones that are kind of tiny, but they layer on top of each other. Those are the reaffirming ones. So imagine that you have this one awful traumatic event and now you have all of these other events forming schemas underneath that support it. Mm-hmm. What you want to do is support more the happy engagements, the successful engagements, then that requires work versus reacting, which is very easy to support in this other schema. Yeah, exactly. Because what happens is we create confirmation bias. So we, if we already have a story about ourselves, if we're already feeling like we're a loser or we're unworthy or we're not good enough or whatever the story is, we will subconsciously seek those experiences to reinforce that, that habitual um, self-infliction of pain because it keeps us in the victim mentality and then the victim mindset. And it keeps you in that thought process of things are happening to me. Why is this happening to me? Woe is me. Yeah, it sucks. But at some point you have to buck up and go, what can I do to make things different? And I mean, maybe the, the initial question is, do you want things to be different? Do you like living the way you've been living? Or do you want to tap into that leader within you? Absolutely. And I will tell you even more, the victim mentality totally kills that leader within Oh, yeah. And and this is controversial, but I'll just put it out there. I love the microaggression discussion. I think it's a real discussion. I've talked about it in other podcasts. I think those things are real. It's also very real how you react to it. Mm -hmm. And I'll just say it this way. When you're somebody that has received microaggressions and your reaction is, I'm going to call them out because it's a microaggression and they need to change. That's a reaction. Mm-hmm. How thoughtful are you really being? Mm-hmm. Even, and I would argue, I've, I've heard this from experts that are in the diversity and inclusion space. I hesitate with this, but they, they'll even say, hey, have a constructive conversation that is educational for the other person to understand that they've hurt your feelings. Listen, ain't nobody like having those conversations. No. Okay. People don't like that. Okay calling people out, they don't like it. I'm not saying don't do it. Sometimes you need to do it to create awareness because it's so, um, they lack the self-awareness to know that they're, they're causing a microaggression mm-hmm. moment. But at the same time, if you're so hurt that you see microaggression everywhere, it might not be them. Mm-hmm. It might be you. And you this might is coming be the common from a denominator. And I'm just going to caveat it by saying this is coming from a Hispanic female. Okay. Yeah. So, in case you were confused, this is coming <laughs> from a minority that's telling you, hey, sometimes it could be you because you've been hurt so many times that you're going to assume hurt first. 
mm-hmm. versus taking the step back and saying, are they really trying to hurt me? Or is it just like random talk? Because people say stuff. It doesn't matter what your background is. People just say stuff. People say dumb stuff all the time. Oh, yeah. All like, that's who we are. We're humans and we're just going to chat and we're going to talk it out and stuff's going to come out of our mouth and it's not going to be perfect. Well, we're not perfect beings, right? Mm-hmm. And so can we give each other the grace and space to yeah. just be instead of being all hurt all the time and looking like actively looking for those moments where they're hurting me. Now I can say something. Mm-hmm. Think, think about that. Think about how that feels. It feels empowering for a second. And then you go back to your state of, I'm going to look because I'm going to be a victim again, mm-hmm. versus feeling empowered all the time by observing, making a choice and moving on. Mm-hmm. I like the way that you said that as well and the way that you you worded that, because I think what happens is, is we kind of get hung up in the fact that we could, like our system, again, going back to trauma and the nervous system, like our yeah. system is in a state of hyper arousal or hypo arousal. So it's like fight, flight, fawn, or freeze. And fawn is when mm-hmm. you just kind of, you try and play nice and you just kind of try and back out of the situation because it's that uncomfortable for you. Fight, obviously everybody knows what fight is. Flight is when you run away and freeze is when you don't do anything. Yeah. So just to, just to clarify those four different, those four different pieces. When, when you are constantly seeking to reconfirm your old traumatic past and all of these things subconsciously, I think we just kind of forget that there's another person. We think that everybody is out to get us and that's not the case. Sometimes people just, like you said, Delphi, they literally just said something stupid and moronic and they're human and they're maybe they're maybe they're just not aware of it. And I mean, I can, I can share about an experience when I worked in the oil field out in Saskatchewan, mm-hmm. I was working for a trucking company. I got this call from one of our well operators and he was furious about something. I don't even know what he was so mad about. And he ripped me a new one and it had nothing to do with me. It was mm-hmm. not my issue. And I, like, I just was very calm on the phone And I took the information and I said, I would look into it. And I hung up the phone and I got off the phone and I was like, whoa, what is happening? Like he must've been having a really bad day. And that was my first thought was like, this person must be having a really crappy day. Not, oh, I can't wait to get this guy back and stick him like a pig. Like, no, it was nothing like that. I was literally like, this person must be having the worst day. He called me back later that afternoon. I took his call and I said, "I, I just wanted to just mention to you I really appreciate how, you know, you expressed everything that you were feeling this morning, but I also want to let you know that going forward, I would appreciate it if you didn't put that on me because Mm -hmm. it kind of felt like you were blaming me for something that is totally not within my control. I can't help that your rig consultant and your whatever and this and all that did that like that has nothing to do with me. And he's like, he couldn't even remember what the conversation was. Yeah. And when I said to him, I'm like, this is what you said to me. He was like, whoa. And, and to this day, like we are still good friends. And he, he said to me a couple months back, he says, you know, it wasn't until that day when you called me out and you did it so gently to just plant that seed of awareness. He says that changed everything for me. He's like, I had no idea how miserable I was. Yeah. And I said, I said, it wasn't my, it wasn't my place maybe, but it needed to happen because there's no way that I was going to continue to be t- spoken to in that manner. Like 
you're like, we're contracted to you. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you get to treat me like crap. Yeah. And, but you know what you shared with him, a moment of honesty in love Mm -hmm. versus telling him, Hey, you were a jerk. I don't have to put up with your crap. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. And and you turned it into, Hey, I, I totally receive what you said. We own X. We don't own the rest. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and you weren't even seeking an apology. You were just nope. creating awareness. And I think that's mm-hmm. where people get in their own way. It's so much me, 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 and the ego first that mm-hmm. when they go have these, these conversations, it's about, I need to be acknowledged. I need you to acknowledge that you hurt me. I need you to acknowledge that you did this. Mm-hmm. But really the intent of that conversation is not necessarily acknowledging your feelings is giving them the grace of Mm self-awareness so that then they can wake up Mm -hmm. and see what's what they're doing may be affecting other people and they don't even mean it half the time they don't even mean it Mm -hmm. it's so interesting everybody's reacting right now to everything because Mm -hmm. we just i mean it's we are receiving information and data like never before. Mm-hmm. And it's not stuff we can process. Like we think we can, we think we understand it. But when you really sit down and, and try to articulate what you just heard, all you're going to do is restate the talk point you heard. You may not know the substance behind it. Yeah. And that's that creates uncertainty inside. That will create uncertainty. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage you to like really speak about what you know. And if you don't know, own it and give feedback, but don't, don't try to pass the monkey. Every time you say, I need you to acknowledge that you did this to me, you're passing the monkey. Mm-hmm. Do it different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just another way for us to take the, take the responsibility off of ourselves and yeah. further perpetuate the B word, the victim mm-hmm. mo- mindset and mode it's it's just the the way we've been programmed the way we've been indoctrinated into this society and into this world like we haven't been brought up to be free thinking we haven't been brought up to be critical about our thought it's just this is fact and you will listen and that is that you know it's it's um totally gonna get political for a second here maybe but if you think about covid and the messaging around it the messaging that its core is we're all victim of this tiny, tiny little virus Mm -hmm. that is affecting all of our lives. Mm -hmm. And so now we have this permission also to say we're victims Mm -hmm. and it's given us permission to blame others and, and kind of be a little bit divisive sometimes a lot divisive about how people are treating this. I, I would encourage folks to really go within and think about you know, this is happening, right? COVID's happening. It's a thing. We have responsibility in this space. We have responsibility to take care of our bodies. We have responsibility to manage ourselves in a way that makes sense for us and our families. Mm -hmm. Do that. Stop worrying about what everybody else is doing. I think mm-hmm. what we're doing is also having projecting this fear because we are all afraid, right? There's a lot of unknown still about this. There's fear tied to that unknown. Manage what you can control. Manage your health. Manage what you eat. 
manage what you drink, manage your kids, make the decisions that are right for you and your family and stop worrying about everybody else. I think if we all just took a step back and became adults about this versus <laughs> looking for blame, I think we would see a very different outcome in how communities come together and support each other in all of the decision-making that people are doing mm-hmm. versus just kind of being combative and, and saying, you're attacking me when you don't do X or you're attacking me because you are doing X. Mm-hmm. You know what? It, nobody needs that. Do you, do it really well and do the best for you and your family and and stick to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so much more that we could share about that. Oh yeah. How how people just need to mind their own business. Like it's, it's just, we always, as people, we always feel entitled because there's, there's so many narratives being pushed. Like we just feel entitled because we have that victim mentality or because that narrative has been projected upon us and we've accepted it that we feel that we have the right to tell other people what to do and how to to live their lives. And Delpha and I are not sitting here telling you what to do and how to navigate COVID. We're just making suggestions because we want to encourage you and support you as times are really difficult. They are completely unprecedented. They have never been like this through, through our history, like our lived history. Yeah. And having that compassion and that empathy and that understanding that you don't need to worry about what your neighbor's doing. You need to worry about what you're doing. It takes a lot of pressure off of you. And I think you nailed it, Delpha. There's a lot of people trying to protect that fear. And that is how fear operates. Fear wants to be protected. It wants to create that space around it. It wants to create that gap in between you, that cushion in between you and your loved ones or you and your neighbors or, or whoever, you and whoever, even sometimes there's an internal division. It's between you and yourself, your mind and your body. Yeah. You know, when people decide to leave their bodies because it's too painful in their body and their mind can't handle it. So they just whoop, gone. I've spent a lot of time out of my body because, you know, things are painful. And I think, I think too, breaking a bit of that stigma that emotions are crippling when people tell me that they're crippled by their grief or they're crippled by their sadness or their, they were so angry that, you know, they felt they were going to burst. It's like, when you think about the way that you're saying that, that you're actually crippled, like think about a person who is actually incapacitated, like a quadriplegic or something like that, that's crippled. Like, I understand like emotions can be extremely, extremely painful, but they are not permanent. They are not forever they are temporary. They're not measurable. They're not logical either. I'm just going to add that in there. Mm -hmm. It's something that you have to take your time. As you said, at the beginning of this talk, you have to take your time. You have to process it and you have to learn to understand that it's not going to be for the rest of your life that you're going to feel grief at a 10. It's, it's your choice. Mm -hmm. It's your choice to feel it for that long a time. But when you're done, you're done. But do you, I think the what I tend to ask people is, do you want to be done now or later? Yeah. It, and and I, I got to tell you this story. Um, my, my brother suffered through depression and in his teens. And um, my mom had found that he wasn't taking his medication. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm the older sister. And so she, and he and I are very close. So she was like, you need to talk to him. And so we sat down for a long time and he wouldn't talk about it. And you know what it boiled down to? And I think this is true for a lot of people. He was afraid 
to feel better. He was afraid yeah. of happiness. And this, these are his words, afraid of happiness because he had not felt it. And so he didn't know, it, it's not comforting to feel something new. Mm -hmm. And it breaks your heart to hear somebody say that, especially somebody that I love so much and, and wanted him to feel joy. Like I feel joy. Yeah. Um, but he, he just had not felt it. And so he was afraid of it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's happening now. We have forgotten our joy of living because mm -hmm. we have been living in fear so long that now that we potentially have the opportunity to take some of our lives back right mm -hmm. we're we're just so afraid of it that we're reverting back and reverting back and so i would just and, and honestly fear stifles the leader within mm -hmm. once you have fear in you it cripples everything else it's not segmented you don't you're not afraid of one thing and then everything else is fine when you have fear it affects your whole world so mm -hmm. just really think about it and take a step back and evaluate how you feel and whether you want to continue feeling this way or not mm -hmm. and then work on that yeah very well said i believe that when we are afraid to live we've already died absolutely Mm -hmm. and Absolutely. I totally relate with your brother I suffered with anxiety and depression for many many years and I didn't know what it was like to not be in a state of suffering or in a state of emotional despair I didn't know but also yeah. nobody talked to me about it nobody told me that there was another way nobody told me I had a choice I had to learn all of that stuff and it might seem kind of silly to say I didn't know I had a choice but we all have a choice. You had yeah. a choice to get out of bed this morning or not show up for work. You had a choice to brush your teeth or not brush your teeth. You had a choice yeah. to eat or not to eat. Like everything you do, everything you go through in your day is a choice. It's a, it might not be a conscious choice all the time that you choose to be hungry at nine o'clock in the morning when you just ate at eight o'clock in the morning or whatever it is. But yeah. there's a reason why you have choice. And it's because we were given that we were granted that that's part of our, our sovereignty as, as human beings is to have that freedom to choose. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, Delpha, like legit, <laughs> we could talk for hours. I we know, could talk but... for hours. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, okay. I'm going to, I'm just going to pitch it out there. Rochelle and I have all these sidebar conversations that are super interesting are, and are, I'm going to call it the French of truth here. Yeah. You want to hear more? let us know because yes. we're debating this we keep debating back and forth do we talk about this do we not talk about this let us know what you want to talk about because yeah, we, we are we're two yeah we're two ladies are willing to go deep yeah we won't tell oh, you yeah. what to do but we'll show you the different roads yeah <laughs> we'll show you the paths and you can you can choose, <laughs> you can choose. yeah you can choose okay delpha i really want to touch on your latest creation that you have launched. Can you talk about it, please? Oh, thanks. So I have been inspired to do a couple of things. And I'm so excited to have launched a series of journals and coloring books to help people on their journey. And there's one specific one that's uh, a journal for gratitude. And nice. really, it just asks you to consider what you're grateful for in the morning, 
what you're grateful for throughout the day. And, and at the end of the night, reflect back on these things and write it out. I cannot tell you how transformative it is when you want to get to something or, or get to the next level, but you first take the moment to be grateful for where you are today. It shifts your mindset. It attracts different things to you. It causes your energy to be different. You attract different people into your life. Even in this virtual world, people, I understand everybody's thinking, well, there's nobody for me to attract because I'm just stuck in my house. You have no idea the things that will come into your email, into your phone when you shift your energy. So mm -hmm. the, particularly the gratitude, daily gratitude journal is meant to help you shift that mindset into a mindset of gratitude throughout the day with specific prompts so that you can get out there, be grateful and attract the right things to you. I think to me, the coloring books are supplemental. They're beautiful, first of all. I love coloring. It's a great stress reducer. It helps you be connected to the moment because you're in this activity that's pleasurable and stress-free. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a great, to me, they're a great mindful gift. I love giving coloring books to people. It's an unexpected gift, but it also, it's very meaningful once they start using them. So that's all on Amazon. So if you're looking for me, it's Delpha DiGiacomo. There's an author page there that you can follow. Or if you're more comfortable, just go like usual straight to DelphaD.com. All of the information is there. Awesome. Thank you so much. And Delpha, do you have any final words of wisdom before we close? Yeah, keep on keeping on people. I know the road's hard right now, but start with gratitude. Listen to your leader within and all will be well. Beautiful, beautiful. And I believe if I'm not mistaken, you have Instagram where else can people find yes, you and follow do. you? <laughs> this is all Rochelle's fault. She told me I needed Instagram. So now I have an Instagram and it's Delpha D LLC. Perfect. This has been so amazing. I always love chatting with you and connecting with you. Thank you for sharing about developing the leader within, connecting with the leader within. And I look forward to doing this again. Thank you, my friend. You're welcome. Thanks so much for tuning in. Please don't forget to like and subscribe.